Welcome to Songs and Stories, the Not For Musicians Only music podcast. Well, alrighty. Welcome once again to Songs and Stories. My name is Michael Gaither, and this is Songs and Stories, episode number 24 this time out. And yes, it's really me. I have a cold this week. You know, it's amazing, as I've had no commitments and no... I've taken a break from playing and haven't had to go anywhere for a while. And and I've been able, and, and during that time, I've been able to avoid every, every flu and cold and stomach plague that all my friends have had. And now that I have a show in two weeks, I've, I've got this hoarse voice and sore throat, and I'm pumping down this this new thing, Zycam, along with echinacea and vitamin C and everything else I get my hands on. But uh, I'll be fine in two weeks, and that's the that's cold is the worst thing going on right now, so, you know, no legitimate complaints. Anyway, I, I wanted to mention that when I first started doing this, this podcast show, I started looking at other podcasts, and the first one that I learned about was one called The Quilting Stash. I have a, a friend, Annie Smith, who does quilting, and quite well, and she does a weekly show on quilting, and you'd be amazed how technically astute these people are and how many hundreds and hundreds of people will download a podcast on quilting. Well, in Annie's show, she does a random drawing for every episode, and I thought I'll start doing that with songs and stories. Uh, I'll talk about that in a little bit. First of all, I want to let you know that I'll be up in Grass Valley at the end of February in a couple of weeks, I'm doing a quick solo run up there. I'll be at the Briar Patch Co-op on Friday night, 5.30 to 7.30 on the 21st of February. And then on Saturday, it's going to be kind of a full day. I'll be on KVMR Radio, 98.5 FM in Nevada City, which is close to Grass Valley. Um, sometime between 2 to 4 on Wesley Robertson's show. And then that evening, I'll be opening at a, at a house concert, the Acoustic Barn, also close up there, Newcastle, California. And I'll be opening for a duo, Rick Dedia and Arlena Spiritu, which not coincidentally happen to be the guest on this episode of Songs and Stories. So a lot going on at the end of the month, and if you want more information about that, uh, as well as how to tune into KVMR, if you're not in the area, you want to listen there on the web that Saturday afternoon. Go to my uh, my shows page, michaelgaither.com, click on shows, and there's links and directions and all kinds of stuff up there. I also want to mention that Rick and Irene will also be on KVMR Radio on Saturday the 23rd. They'll be on around 10 o'clock in the morning, I believe, and I'll put a link to that on my shows page as well. So if you're not in the Grass Valley area, you can listen to us on the radio on the web that day. The contest I mentioned a little while ago, what I'm going to start doing is a random drawing for every episode of Songs and Stories. And the way it works is if you're not on my mailing list, and you'd like to be, uh, go to my contact page. It's michaelgaither.com and click on contact. Give me your email address. And in the comments on that page, mention Songs and Stories episode number 24 or podcast 24 or the Rick and Irene interview. And I'll enter you in the drawing. And at the end of this month, I'll do a... I'll put all the names in a little basket, pull out a name, and you'll get a uh, a live DVD of Rick and Irene playing at the Freight and Salvage in Berkeley, along with a six-song demo CD of them playing together. Um, Rick and Irene have uh, individual solo CDs that are complete, but they haven't recorded their own CD together yet, so you'll get the DVD and the CD mailed to you from me. 
Um, Rick and Irene play a, a really neat combination of Americana, and I guess I've talked about this before, but the thing I like about Americana is it you can you don't have to pigeonhole yourself. It can be folk and blues, and you can bring in jazz, anything you want, and call it Americana. Uh, Rick plays the lap steel guitar, kind of a bluesy, southern, swampy kind of thing. It's really cool. Irene plays ukulele and has a wonderful voice. They both sing and write songs, and together they make this neat hybrid of music. In fact, on this demo CD, they've labeled the style of song that um, that each each song is. Whether it's you know bluegrass or blues or swampy jam or a stomp or or a folk ballad, it's it's very cool stuff. I'm looking forward to seeing a whole night with Rick and Irene at the Acoustic Barn. And before we move up, move forward into the interview, I want to mention that um, back on my page, MichaelGaither.com, I keep plugging it, but there's a lot of stuff up there. If you go to the section for Songs and Stories 24, you'll find links to a lot of the things we'll talk about in this interview. A lot of the people that come up, as well as a place you can find Rick and Irene on the web. Right now, they're redesigning their website, but you can, they have a MySpace page. There's a link to that. You can also buy um, the DVD I mentioned that I'm going to give away. You can buy it, as well as their individual CDs and this demo CD at 10tonfeather.com. And there'll be a link to that as well. I'll also throw in a link to the Acoustic Barn and KVMR and a lot of things that go with this little, this little event that we're playing up, up in Grass Valley. So have a look there and click around. There's a lot of places to go. Um, and this interview is interesting because I, I go into a lot of these 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 little interviews with a, a set of questions and what were your influences and, and, and you know the kind of the stock five questions you go off from there. But half the time they turn into just a conversation and a visit. And this is kind of what this one did, and it was a lot of fun. They actually drove down to my house yesterday morning and we, you know, hung out for a couple hours and talked and I recorded most of it. And we got into this conversation about um, finding gigs and kind of being an independent artist and trying to, to ration it up a little bit. Doing this Songs and Stories show, I've talked to people like Paul Thorne who are really kind of at their top of their game. They're playing big venues and and, and they got people behind them. And then I've talked to people that are making a living at it and making a, a decent living at it, but, you know, it's a lot of work. And then I've talked to people that are, you know, again, ratcheting it up and, and, and trying to make it work and getting out there and playing but um, really kind of like, you know, seeing this was sort of seeing this wonderful, glamorous music biz with sort of all the dirt left on it a little bit. You know, it's a lot of work. It's fun, but it's a lot of work. And talking to Rick and Irene, we got in this conversation about, you know, finding places to play and kind of the things you go through. You you play nice places. You play places that you just want the exposure for. And you, you know, you play a place and you you might get a drink you and you, you get a meal and you have to order off the help menu. And, and that's fine. That's just part of the way it goes. But uh, it's interesting that I've learned that the last couple of years and I'm seeing it from other people and it's just part of your education. But I hope you find it. I'm going to pick up this conversation right when we were talking about that. And I thought it was interesting. I hope you find it interesting as well. And then we'll talk about their music. And uh, and speaking of their music, to hear what I've been talking about and what they sound like, I'll give you a couple of sound examples. This first one is uh, will be Big River, kind of a stompy, bluesy track. And then we'll hear some of Flyin', a really pretty ballad. And these are both off their uh, their demo CD that I mentioned you can buy on their website. So here's Rick and Irene, and then we'll talk with Rick and Irene.
black man like a house to move Red eyes wet and swollen shut Try to push those things far down Down to where those things get put now Oh, big river, he cried Oh, big river And whiskey in the center past regret. Try to push those things far down, down to where those things get put now. Oh, big river, he cried. Oh, big river. And all my misdeeds Take away my meanness And all my misery Speak up when it's really important. So okay. make sure you add something in there. Let's keep talking about um, trying to like travel with this music thing and <laughs> what's involved in it. So my CD actually I finished it a couple years ago and I got a little local band and yeah, it's interesting. You go to places and you get you know a meal and a drink and yeah. And I kind of wonder how do how are people on the road doing this? But I guess you just do a lot of it, you know. And <laughs> so let me ask, are you, is this pretty much a full-time thing now, or is it kind no, of back and forth? I still have my day job. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've got a lot that we need to do still. We're, you know, we want to start recording our duo CD. Mm-hmm. So far, we only have really each a solo CD and okay. a duo demo CD that we've been giving mm-hmm. out. But and do people really. buy those? Are they on sale online somewhere? Yeah, okay. you, can, you can just go to um, 10tonfeather.com. Okay, and I'll put a link for that in the podcast, too. Okay, great. And uh, so now we really want to put a, a duo CD right. of our stuff together. And, you know, that costs money, and traveling costs money, hotels cost money. Yeah. You know, we've been lucky. Some people offered their homes to us, and mm-hmm. people that have seen us before, and they yeah. say, you know, they like our stuff, and 
be offered a place to stay, and right. you know, those things help tremendously. Jeez, let me get a word. <laughs> yeah, see what happens. You're the talker. God Almighty. <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I gonna? I have a good joke for that. It's like she's not letting me have it in, man. <laughs> All right, go ahead. No, I'm just kidding. You can, Back to you. You, Rick. Can cut, you can cut that out. Actually. <laughs> but no, it's just, it is kind of cool when you go back a couple times. Like. You meet people mm-hmm. and they offer you places to stay right. and things. And it's such a nicer way to start your day in a, in a home as opposed sure. to some hotel on a freeway or something. And yeah, and I think I've got a buddy up in Trinidad who was doing house concerts for a while, and he had a cabin on his property, so he would give that to the people that played there yeah. for the night. And I think and Marie, you and I were talking about house concerts yesterday, and it yeah. seems like a lot of the house concert folks that host those have room for people and they usually put them up and. I think for a traveling performer, you get for a house concert, you get the door, you get CD sales, you don't have to pay for a hotel, so you actually and you have time to meet people. Right. For yeah. the most part, you just on the you know you were on the road and you go. Yeah. You know. And I, and I think for the kind of stuff, I'm probably for what I'm doing, probably what you're doing too. It's it's nice to be able to talk to the folks. I know as a fan, I've enjoyed music more, you know, folk Americana or smaller because you can talk to the performers, ask them about their songs, get to know them, and you, you really want to buy more of their music that way too. Yeah, I, think. Yeah. I think it's just the connections there. It's a different experience. Yeah, yeah, it's the thing that keeps you going in the long run. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Because yeah. It's, you know, it's not a get rich quick scheme. Right. You know. Um, so it's a long distance run. It's a long <laughs> yeah. distance runner. That's for sure. <laughs> But um, yeah, we haven't even got like we haven't even made our first CD yet mm-hmm. together. You know, we've been that busy. How did you find time to? I guess it's been a couple of years. Are you wanted to do another one? Or? Yeah, I'm actually starting it in um, the week after we get back from Newcastle. I'm starting the oh. next one. Oh, I heard that's right. You booked some time or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And um, for this, for, for my first CD, I you know I had a bunch of songs and I did a demo with some guy with gear and it was like okay, well. That's fine, but I want a CD. Yeah. And I, I found out there's a he's on my site, but there's a local guy who, you know, he's one of these jack of all trades guys, but he really knows what he's doing. A lot. Mm-hmm. I, I found that, you know, with computers, it seems like there's a lot of people who will do a CD for you, and it's it's one thing to have the gear, it's one thing to be able to okay, you can run it, but are you also a producer? Can you put stuff together? And it's an art. It is. And I found a guy who. Um, Liked my songs, and I said, "What's this going to do?" Three songs, and I thought, and I was talking to him, and I said, "Are these going to be sort of demos?" He goes, "He goes, no, I'll I'll record you, I'll add lead guitar. He's a great guitar player. Mm. He goes, I'll I'll mix them, and then I'll give you three mastered songs." And we did that, and I went, and and at that time it was just me and a bass player playing. I'm interviewing myself now, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I got them done, and I, I let my wife Cindy hear him. She went, well, "Keep going, yeah, you know." So we just and and. For me, it was kind of I was kind of scared because these songs sounded big, but then I realized, well, that's that's kind of this is my stuff's kind of folky, bluegrassy Americana, so it, you know, so so I found a guy who basically did everything for me, and I could afford it. Cool, that's, that's what right. I did. I wasn't in years before that. I was looking at studio time and the mastering, and I thought I can't do that. Mastering is a whole a whole other art, yeah, and it's a whole other expense that yeah. a lot of people don't. Because um, ours are still, we you know we have kind of a demo kind of mm-hmm. disc. We haven't really had time to do it. Mm-mm. Yeah, and I've heard your stuff like on your MySpace page, and there's I found these on YouTube, mm-hmm. and it's it's a great sound. It's yeah, just getting that on, onto a mastered CD is a huge process. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, we didn't know what was really going to happen when we started. Mm-hmm. I mean, Irene. And well, I, I was going to ask too. How did you guys connect musically? Would you would you, you? Years mean? and years and years ago. <laughs> there she goes again. <laughs> 
Well, we used to. She's <laughs> funny. Now, years ago, I guess it was in the early '90s, we used to go to open mics over at the Hotel Utah in San Francisco. Oh, okay. And you know, just the whole circle. We didn't really talk to each other back then. But then, fast forward years later. I was um, cool back then. I had really long hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so years later, we ran into each other watching um, Kelly Joe Phelps at the Freight and Salvage. Uh, and the next year, we saw each other again. He's been influence on you. Yeah, a little bit. Totally. Yeah, yeah. he's great anyway, go slide ahead. guy. And then um, saw each other again, and then I ended up moving to Oakland from mm-hmm. San Francisco, and he just happened to live right around the corner from me. So. And we weren't really playing. I had been in music before and kind of got dissatisfied with some of like. I was I was on the biz, I was starting with the business side of it, mm-hmm. and um, it didn't go that well for me. So I, I I stopped playing for a while, and then when we we hooked up. You know, she had a guitar at her place, and we just little by little pick it up. And mm-hmm. she was like, Oh, play me this song from back when. And so it kind of get things flowing again. And mm-hmm. um, that was 2000. Yeah. But we really didn't start playing out to about a year and a half ago. Yeah. And, and, you know, she picked up a ukulele because her hands were too small for a regular guitar. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It just really works, you know? Mm-hmm. I'd. You know what happened? See, here I go. <laughs> you can take turns. Stop. It's fine. I'm no, I want to be both of y'all, so it's fine. I um, we were, I was playing one night, and we'd worked on a couple songs because uh-huh. we were playing shows together. She was doing her songs off her solo uh-huh. desk, and I was doing mine. And people were like, "Oh, your voices sound good together. Why don't you do a song together?" So, I wrote a couple songs. And then one night when I was playing, I noticed that when Irene came up. Mm-hmm. With me to play, mm-hmm. like there was more attention. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they paid attention more. Okay. And then when Irene left the stage, there was uh, more going on because there were two of you up there, probably. I think, yeah, I think so. And yeah. it was kind of an odd, a ukulele person coming up yeah, there. Yeah, you don't see it a lot. Yeah, and uh, you know, Irene's Filipina, mm-hmm. and not many Filipina Americana type yeah. people playing ukulele. It's different, so it got their attention. So it got their attention, and it quieted this, quieted everybody down, and our voices worked, and our instruments worked, and. Um, so that's just kind of how it's how it started. We're like, oh, let's just we should write some more songs. Good. So. Yeah, I think part of the thing is just you are, besides having the songs and the talent, you're putting on a show and you want to give people something they want to kind of be interested in. So it's unusual. Yeah. And you don't see a lot of ukuleles, which is a very underrated instrument. You know. It is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it seems like more and more people are picking it up. Yeah. I think. I have pick- one. I was going to show it to you later. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's picking up steam. I think. But it's so underutilized, isn't it? It is. I don't know. I just think people mostly do the Hawaiian stuff. And yeah, it, it has a Spanish background, right? So that right. it must have this um, great... It must be able to do these little Spanish-influenced kind of right. tunes. And, you know, you hear these other people playing classical on it and stuff. Well, people come to me because they know that I, I, I'm learning how to play the uke, and they'll, and they'll say... You ever heard of this guy, Jake Schumacher? I go, yeah. <laughs> so it's like I was gonna say his name, but I was like, no, I'm not even gonna go. But there. people like that have kind of like people made other folks pay attention, going, oh, it's not just Don Ho and Tiny Bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. George Harrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That too. Some of that. Man, yeah, that was really amazing. Good. Yeah, it's great. I found it just for the I mean for the you could, for me it's it's an easy thing to take around. Hey, just, yeah, yeah, bring You can you can do the one while I'm talking. Oh, it's a tenor too, yeah. Oh, nice. It's a baritone, baritone. strung like a tenor. What is the um? Is it an old song? Is old? GBE, right? It's actually in C tuning. Oh, G C E A. Yeah. Um, 
bottom note C. Oh, this is C? Yeah. Oh. How old is it? I have no idea. It actually belongs to my mother-in-law. Really? Yeah. I should have put a photo on my page so people can see what we're talking about. I, I got a friend named Mad Dog, um, and he's a... He builds instruments, and he th this this ukulele belongs to mother-in-law, and it was full of holes. Hmm. It had spiders living in it, and I go, "Can you fix this?" He goes, "Sure." And he oh. stripped it, and he filled the holes with crazy Gosh, glue, yeah. and that's you great. know, so I go, "I better start playing this." Thing. That is a really sweet sound. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. And I started, I struck it like a like a like a barit baritone, mm -hmm. and I realized it was just a small guitar, and I really wanted a uke sound, so I so Maxie Mad Dog restrung it for me. So. It looks like a like a Martin. It yeah, does. it does, and it really has a nice. I've been looking at other other ukes to have one to travel with, but yeah, I this one just sounds so nice. Yeah, yeah. No, it's that sounds like Irene's Martin actually. Oh, okay, a, and her that's even a, a boomier body than, than it's got a lot of bottom end to it. So for, for so for singing, it's great. Yeah, because it, it supports the voice really well. That's great. Yeah. Nice. So, so you started playing together, and um, your turn. <laughs> this interview full of tangents. What was the question? I don't know. We were talking about you guys started playing together. It was a different kind of pairing. The ukulele came into play. And are you are you writing together as well? Yeah. Yeah, okay. we yeah. are. I'll I'll tend to do the starting of the writing, uh -huh. and then what will happen is Irene will come and put her. You know, they're never quite finished when I'm, you know, uh -huh. um, and then we just kind of work on them from yes. there. So you have a co-writer right yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And I guess we also what started us. We went to that um, Far West. Conference. Have you ever been to the forest? No, and I got a, I got a couple of friends that go. I need to go this year. And that's where we met Keith. At, oh, okay, Keith Branninger. Keith Branninger. Keith played at that one with Kai. Mm -hmm. um, he was one of the showcase people. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah, we were we were just started playing shows and we're like, oh, let's go to this thing. What's it gonna hurt? You mm -hmm. know, because we didn't know really what to do. We didn't know whether we were gonna do this again. Yeah. And then we went and we met a lot of people. Mm -hmm. You got a lot of gigs. Kind of got us excited. We met, and yeah, and people, like when we got back, Keith was playing with the woman named Karen Armstrong. And, oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, our couple of weeks back, we got a gig with both of them, and we're like, oh, it's oh just, nice. You know, we can kind of start. He's growing. a good guy, and he's incredibly talented. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a great guy. Super, yeah. super sweet guy, too. And we're playing next weekend with Karen again. and mm -hmm. So just little, little things. That, that would be... We made so many contacts without trying to make contacts. Right. You know, just Which is the best yeah, way to do it. Yeah. If you're not trying, and it, it, yeah, it's more organic. That there way. are some yeah. people just... Yeah. And it didn't... I don't know. But we had long-lasting kind of friends from there. We still email. Yeah. See, I mean, when I first started playing, I heard friends going to, like, the, the Folk Alliance, and I heard about people getting cornered in elevators playing songs. Like, I don't really want to do that. Yeah. I just <laughs> want to just... You know, if it happens, it happens. But yeah. then... I got a couple of friends that run some of the panels at Far West, and, and last year she said, you have to go to Vancouver. I had a gig that weekend, mm -hmm. otherwise I wouldn't have went. So this year I think it's in Phoenix, and, and now that I've been doing the, the CD and these interviews, it's like I know a, I, I know a few people, I, and I, I'd, I'd cross paths with people that I know, which I think I'd be more comfortable with, yeah. at least. It, you know, we weren't aggressive when we no. went. Yeah. Just kind of and you can walk away from that stuff, too, if it's yeah. not quite your boat. You know, you can just turn around and go to something else. and. Um, those are just a great way to kind of get started. Mm -hmm. I'll bet. What really helped too? Do you play? Do you get out of the area when you play? Or actually, Grass Valley is going to be my first real trek north. Oh, there to go. Cool. Yeah, 
That's really open for you too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going up to Oregon in, 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 in Northern California in June. So I'm this year I wanted to start doing that. I've yeah. got a local band, but I thought, well, if I really want to start getting out there, I got to just go by myself and start doing it. And you yeah, because that's where I think it really starts to change. Change for us, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How so? Well. Different people, different crowds, different energy. Yeah, all, these yeah. all these things are new in the beginning. And you're mm-hmm. kind of like, well, is your music going to translate in New York City? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And you give it a go, and you're like, oh, well, it kind of does. And then yeah. it works. And you're like, oh, let's see if it works somewhere else. That's exciting. You know? yeah. It, it, yeah, it's just an odd way, because you're not really challenged much in life these days. You mm-hmm. know? And then, you know, we just kind of... My goal when we first start out was to... Um, get turned down by the best of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, just yeah. put it out there. Because yeah. a lot of the times, I put the brakes on myself because mm-hmm. uh, it's just your art and sure. it out there. And, but I was like, no, let's just put it out there and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And You made a lot of People responded. People. And we got these crazy gigs we never would have thought we would have gotten. They were like, what? Yeah. Um, I was like, did you hear us? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> you've got your critic. You're yeah. putting that in there. Sure. And, um, it's part of being an artist. And it, but it's a great way to like get confidence. And then it's, it turns, seems to me it's, it all hinges on confidence. And yeah. the part that people open their homes up for you, complete, complete strangers. That's amazing. You know? And we, like, we went to Ashland last year, mm. and we met this couple, a really, really nice, friendly couple, mm-hmm. and you know, just kept in touch. They added themselves, themselves on our mailing list. And then a year later, later, you know, we were going back up there mm-hmm. for the blues festival, and they said, you know, why don't you stay with us? Nice. You know, you make friends along the way. Make friends, and you know, and they, we stayed at their place, this beautiful home, and you know, the guy is just a great cook, so he mm-hmm. cooked us meals, and <laughs> yeah, totally. It's just a great experience. It wasn't just playing a gig; it right. was just you know, hanging out with some people. And yeah, I think it's funny because I, I run an open mic here in town. I actually took over an open mic here in town almost four years ago, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's you know, I've made contacts and and and, and it's known for my open mic. But the, the best thing about it is just all the really good friends I've made doing it. And I think, I, I think in any whether you're into dogs or RVs or you're into whatever kind of hobby you, you, you meet people with common interests and you make friends but I think this music thing just you know there's there's people that want to listen there's people that want to play there's people that want to support it yeah. people that want to get it into their area and put on house concert and I think it's just it, it grows real in a real positive way so I had no idea I'm not a big listener of music I mean okay. I play a lot so yeah. I don't really get it and like yeah. so when I meet people that are just like almost music geeks, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they have. I, I'm just surprised at how many people love listening to music. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. the, I, I. It's just interesting you said that because I didn't really realize. I just, okay. you know, I just, I played. I thought most people played or something, but there's people who just like. They search, yeah, for that person that really gets them off. You yeah. Know? Well, for me, I've always been a music geek, and, and I, I, I told the story before in some other show, but it was on in high school. You know, bands were ACDC and Van Halen and. Yeah. Pat Trevor, which I liked, but but I went off and I, I I found it more satisfying to discover the Ramones who did not hit in Santa Cruz mm-hmm. at all, at least in my peer group. Well. You know, and the Kinks, and then Queen, and then you know, I, so for me it was always more fun finding people yeah. on my own. And I think when kind of I I got older and discovered sort of folk and Americana, it was it was the same thing. It was mm-hmm. and for me it's always fun finding bands or artists or something and then sharing them with your friends and they they turn it on to you. And I think this whole house concert thing and and this Americana thing is just it just it goes from there. Mm-hmm. Did, did you um did 
I know, and it turns out I'm interviewing you. Do, do, do you have a goal <laughs> like that? You <laughs> like what? What do you have a goal with your music? I mean, um, something that I should have. No, I don't, I don't want. I know. I'm just wondering. I, no, actually, I don't you know, know if we do. We just at first when I actually when I first started first started I, I did this open mic that I took over and um, did a few. And I've always been a writer. I wrote. You know, I, my big claim to fame is I sold four jokes to Jay Leno back when he was co-hosting the Tonight or guest hosting. So that was kind of a big. That was I heard those jokes. Yeah. <laughs> That's my claim. And um, then I wrote for the Santa Cruz Sentinel for a while, and now you know writing pays the bills, the day job. So I've always written. Yeah, cool. And I started doing cover tunes, and I thought, I wonder if I could write a song. And you know, and I finally did, and I kept doing it, and I thought, well, this is kind of cool. So then I. You know, I got enough for a CD, and then I did that, and and then for me, I just I just wanted to start playing out, and, and I think creatively, it's the most satisfying thing I've done. Yeah. And my short-term goal was to kind of finish CD and be able to, to play a few gigs locally, which I've done. Yeah. So now it's just I just want to get my music out there and see if I get some response to it. That's yeah. the, the only real goal is just get it out, there. get it out there, and see what happens with it. And keep it fun. Yeah, gotta keep it fun. Yeah. I found when I finished the CD and I got kind of kind of caught up in the marketing and having a band and making the phone calls, you can really get overwhelmed with that. That's my problem, actually. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. How, you know, I don't want to be negative on that. It's the, a lot of work. It's I think a lot of work. work. I found you have to balance it. You, you really gotta, you know, find some ways of promotion that are kind of creative and fun, maybe. And, and know where to draw a line too. That yeah. Because yeah. a lot of you know, I thought it would be great if if I just concentrated on this, we could make some gains. And mm-hmm. Irene did the work and night on the day job, and I did my day work doing yeah. this. And we made you know we've, we've done a lot of really good things, and um, but there's a, there's a lack of balance there mm-hmm. yeah. because it just you're always thinking so about it. Right. And um, I asked about your day job earlier because it's. You know, it probably serves another aspect of your personality that can give this kind of music brain a, a, a break. A it does. Break. It's real technical, and then I can I can do this music thing and do whatever I want. I've got total whatever whatever happens with it. I have it. You know, I don't have to follow writing guidelines. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's pretty much whatever I want to do with it. When we were in, uh, we went to the Americana Festival mm-hmm. um, conference. We were at a panel, and I never really thought about it, but until they mentioned it, but. There was a panelist on there who said, you know, musicians today, they aren't just musicians. It used to be a time, and that's what the musicians were, were hired to do, they would play music. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you're the manager, the publicist, the booker, mm-hmm. the designer, the producer, the engineer. You know, you're, um, you're not just writing and practicing and playing. You've got like seven more hats that, yeah. you're, that, you're, that you're trying to you know, do well. Right. And plus, do your music, right? And so, doesn't leave a lot of time for anything else. I think. Well, like for me, the one thing I don't do a lot of now is writing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I and I and I really try to like find these pockets of time to at least keep the muscles, you know, in shape. That's the other. It's hard for me. It takes forever yeah. for me to yeah. finish a song. That's the downside of the job. I yeah. think. Yeah. It's, sometimes it's hard to get out of that head. And, yeah. Um, and then again, the job gives me the luxury to be able to, to like, do this stuff. So it's right, like, so you know. How do you find, you yeah. find a mid? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, like, I'm writing more songs. She wishes she was writing more. Yeah. So we kind of work on that. And I think being partners, it helps because I interviewed. It totally um, does. There's a duo named Gypsy Soul from up in Oregon, mm-hmm. um, Colette and, and Roman. And it sounds like, I mean, they're full time, but it, I would interview them and she, he said, 
you know, collects up all night doing the email and checking the last minute phone calls, and then I we get in the car and I drive and she sleeps and or something like that. Having yeah. two, I think, probably makes it easier. Uh, it it helps makes tremendously. A lot. Right. I can't imagine how people do it. Yeah. So just from knowing the amount of work, right? That and really with, you need. Yeah, and then with me with a day job and doing this and a very patient, supportive wife mm-hmm. and, and trying not to do so much of it that it overwhelms everything mm-hmm. else. You know, it's just keeping it balanced. You know, and remember, and, remember, and remembering. This is supposed to be fun. This is right. something I really want to do. <laughs> that's that's our goal for this year. Last, what is to to try to find balance and try to yeah. make sure it's fun. We wrote it down. <laughs> One thing I had what happened to me last year. I had this band. I've already forgotten. With a band last year, we had, ended up getting a lot of gigs locally, and it was really fun. And fall kicked around, and I realized that I had this this the schedule that I had us playing or practicing almost every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, this is really going to be tough. Mm-hmm. And you know, December rolled around, and I and I was really, it was fun, but I just said I got to stop. Good for you. I got to stop. Break. I just, I, you know, and then so, so for this year, I want to do a new CD, so I'm, I'm keeping the gigs spread out apart, and you know, we were playing sometimes like eight shows a month. Yeah. You know, driving here and driving there. Yeah. And, and last week, was, I mean, last year was busy. Because that's kind of how we thought we needed to do it. Right. You know, you need to just keep out there and keep going. And, yeah. But it just depletes. I and, think um, we it's. Were, a, I was just reading one other thing. It's just like, um, you know, if you don't take the time off, mm-hmm. you're not going to have the rest you need to be better and get better. Yeah. So, I've interviewed a lot of people, and they kept using the, the phrase downtime. When I get home, I don't travel for a while, then I'll... Rest and write, and I think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds like you went like last year when I did all these run of shows, and and I thought I got to stop for a while. And, and it sounds like you did the same thing. It's like okay, we did all these shows, but maybe that isn't. We don't always need to do that. Yeah, that's yeah. what we started to do towards the end of the year because the entire year yeah. we were plus it's fun. It's, fun. it's fun to go out and play a bunch. Yeah, but we were mm-hmm. on the go all the time, yeah. all the time, all the time, and it's not just playing and rehearsing but it's just you know writing people following up and yeah that's part of it yeah and it's exhausting yeah. I mean there my biggest complaint last year was lack of sleep yeah and feeling tired all the time and you know your complaint was what I have no complaint <laughs> I trying to say. so by the end of the year we were just burnt out yeah it happened I think yeah. it happens to everybody yeah and so we just said alright we gotta shift things a bit and find some mm-hmm. kind of balance yeah it's a, you know you don't want to sound negative about it but it, you have to also I think find it's just, your lo- I think it's just looking around. at it mm-hmm. yeah. you have to go through you, have, you know you push against one boundary to find it you know and then mm-hmm. you have to push come back the other way and, yeah um there's, there's other ways that this, people say it all the time. It's kind of it's more like a corporate mantra or some sort of like um, work smarter, not harder. Is that, uh-huh. yeah, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I come from a place where, you know, if you're not kicking ass, so to speak, yeah. you know, you're, you're kind of resting on your laurels, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, but uh, there's smarter ways to work, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's I, talk about the music, though. Um <laughs> Now that we're a half hour in, yeah. <laughs> your bio talks about, I think you, des- you described yourself, stripped down Americana, approaching from folk, jazz, blues, stomps, bluegrass, and hollers. What are stomps and hollers for the people at home listening? Well, we've got this song um, called Double Dutch Stomp. Mm-hmm. and um, Which is on your MySpace page, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, think. it is, okay. yeah. And it's just, you know, Rick and I just... Singing and and mainly just stomping and it's just I don't know how would you describe it more? Well, I think historically stomps come from and hollers, you know, that's like uh, field hollers. Mm-hmm. So when they're working in the fields mm-hmm. and there's not uh, 
there's not a lot of there's nothing musical going on except the percussive quality of a hoe going into a dirt mm -hmm. you know or um, the sound that it makes something your arm rubbing into something mm -hmm. and and uh, they would pass time by singing you know and um, that just kind of grew with people sitting on porches and clapping and stomping mm -hmm. their feet and just singing gospel without without instruments you know they're, they're so people were so poor they didn't even have instruments so they'd make their own instruments and mm -hmm. it'd all be percussive and uh, I think it kind of grew out of that mm -hmm. um, I I spent a lot of time in the south mm -hmm. southeast I like southern writers mm -hmm. so I went to college mm -hmm. down there and and um, uh, that's what got me interested in just that kind of area of music mm -hmm. you know from that region and um so we borrow a lot from that, from that area, you know, the, the southern, southern roots kind of traditions, nice. kind of things like that. But uh, you know, we just like all types of music, so we try to bring. It's not not even on purpose. We just kind of we just kind of happen. We, if we want to do a blues tune, let's do something bluesy. We want to do something combines gospel and blues, you know. I used to sing in different bands. I sang for a world music band and a gospel choir. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of mixing. Mixing stuff together. Nice. So when you do listen to music, who do you listen to? Jeez. Uh, or who? Or, or what, what were some of your influences? You think? Well, Kelly Joe is just really interesting. You know, there's a guy a long time ago named Jeff Healy. Oh yeah. He's kind of like electric guitar blonde yeah. guy. Right. White guy. And he would do the guitar thing on his lap. And that's right. And he would do the fingering like that. Yeah. And I remembered like, oh, that's pretty cool. That was when I was in high school or something, or like in college, first year of college. And then I saw Kelly Joe Phelps, mm -hmm. and he had more finesse to it. Um, that's what kind of just got me to tr try something new. I, I kind of dodging around the question, but what about what? what about Springsteen? Well, what about? Oh, see, I said, <laughs> I'm not answering your question. That's the thing. I started telling another story. But um, no, I, 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 it's I, a 20 gig harder. You can talk about. Okay, cool. I didn't. Because I'm trying to be compact about it. Um, oh yeah, but like I, I grew up in New Jersey, at Jersey Shore, and I got a lot of Springsteen okay. in there too. So there's a storytelling element of it, um, but the musical element, and yeah, you know, well, the storytelling is why I went to the South too to read yeah. those writers and. Um, I like the way Springsteen did his stories, and you know, it turned you on to the different people, which everyone knows, like you know, Van Zant, you know, mm -hmm. Towns Van Zant, and you start stirring down this vein, and it leads you somewhere else to Steve Earle or something, and Guy Clark, and then, um, you know, musically you just get stretched out too, listening yeah. to different people. Yeah, I think it's real common for people like and what we're doing is to. To start with like Springsteen or, or Dylan, well, and you get into them, and if you're the type that likes to find music, mm -hmm. you figure out you know who they listen to, and then yeah. you start going off on all these little tangents. Well, like a lot of people in music, I think, I don't know, maybe it's different for our kind of music or our kind of people, but they'll find their starting place and they'll move forward from that. Mm -hmm. They'll move. To, I found a starting place, and I think a lot of us like that too. Like I moved backwards. It's like, oh, where did this come from? So mm -hmm. you start going down gospel, you start going yeah. down blues, you start going following. The history of it. Right. That's always been kind of where I found the stuff. I never really looked out towards Coldplay or something. Do right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. like how it evolved from there. And well, It's like when um, you find out that bluegrass evolved from Appalachian fiddle tunes that came from overseas and, oh, Celtic. Okay. And then the, the, yeah, you go yeah. being farther than that. Yeah. 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 So it's a real common example, but that's kind of, you know. Yeah. No, but it's just, so it starts to bring everything together, and, and there's so much music there. I just haven't even thought about putting a computer to our music yet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, 
or a, a synthesized beat or something. Um, Probably doesn't need. No, but you know, unless you get unless you a couple of CDs in, you want to try something different. Exactly. And, you know, it'll be all right. Yeah. Once you get the first one done and the second one done, and yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. Music's a strange thing. It know? is. And who do you listen to? Um. Well, let's see. How did it start off? Well, I started listening to you know. I didn't really. I grew up. My family just loving to sing and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. This man, so you came from a musical family then. Yeah, yeah. they just love to sing. I mean, you just ask Rick. You know, whenever you come, they just love. I mean, nice. my mother for Christmas gets um, Twelve Days of Christmas. Prints out the lyrics and makes the entire family. <laughs> and he, she makes you practice too, like before people come over. <laughs> so by the time you get to it, it's 144 days of Christmas, right, right. all in one night. You know, you get the Christmas Carol yeah. Nazi. You're yeah. off key. <laughs> So I've always had that, but um, I just remember coming, it's in, in my bio, just came across this book by accident um, by Alan Lomax, and he starts talking oh, okay. about, you know, sounds of the South, mm-hmm. and I just got curious, just by reading the book and by the stories, and, um, you know, he talked about lugging around this humongous recorder mm-hmm. and started recording people, so I got curious, and I just bought all of his recordings, and I just got so fascinated with just, you know, just recordings from prisons and mm-hmm. from the fields and just yeah. people's porches and voices from the past yeah. and it just, it just really touched me and and so um there wasn't really one particular person that kind of influenced it's more like you know music from the field yeah and, and then uh, and then i love odetta i just you know loved her and you, did you open for her or play with her i was in your we shared the bill with her up in Ashland. Neat. They did like a you know Rogue Valley music yeah. festival, and oh, she's just still. This was pretty re- last year. Yeah. She still got this you know elegance and yeah. you know just commands your attention. Wow. Yeah, that's nice. And she's still speaking got, of stage presence. Yeah. 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 God. So there's and, her and. And she didn't. She's kind of not doing health wise. She's not the greatest. So she just sat in a chair. But mm-hmm. man, it was quiet, and people listened. It was incredible how you don't have to do a lot of antics. Yeah. You know, if you... Yeah, I don't know how to do it like her, but it's a lifetime to learn, I guess, right? Plus, she, it's Odetta. I mean, she's bringing that whole body of work, and she's sitting yeah, there on stage, and, you know, it's yeah. like... I, yeah. And I, I saw Coco Taylor, the blues singer, oh, several yeah. years ago. She played at a, a concert in Aptos, and, and she was up there, and I was sitting close, and she was... Belting it out, but it was like here's this legend, you know, and she was amazing, and it was just and just giving it her all. And then she left for the encore, and I could see the side of the stage because I was close. She was sitting in a chair, panting, and I thought, oh, oh god, wow. this woman's gonna kill over. And she, <laughs> and she, she was up there just, you know, but some of like some of that stature, you just they yeah. command your attention. Well, I saw Nina Simone. I think it was one of her last concerts, mm-hmm. and she just came on stage, and she was just, you know. Yes, I am great, and she just you know actually so great. She, she, after she sang one song, she she says yes, asked the audience to clap for her because she wow. knew and she she deserved it, and nobody <laughs> made a qualm about it. You know, we all clap. <laughs> she's Nina Simone, yeah. and um, but you know she earned it. Right. She earned that stage, and um, was, I was glad to be able to right. see her. You know, and then I've seen, I'm not going to say anything, I've seen some, you know, really, really famous people get up there and really not do much of a show, Mm-mm. and you just kind of feel bad because you, you love their music, but they're just, you know, 
not much yeah. energy anymore. Yeah, so it's hard to draw that line, though. I think it is. Like, it is. You know, I, I saw like a, versus. I mean, really, somebody just incredible versus phoning it in, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I did oh, go ahead. I did see we we did see this guy named Bill Tapia. He's just like he turned a hundred. The youth player. Yeah, he turned a hundred. Back to the ukulele. Year. Yeah. He turned a hundred this. He comes through here once in a you while. You should see. He him. does. And we saw him at the freight um, a few years ago. And I think he was 93 back then. He just started playing again after, mm-hmm. I think, some uh, some break. But he, this guy, 93, and he was just like a 25-year-old. Yeah. He just, you know, wore these really funky clothes and just, you know, mm-hmm. just Big energy, big speed. Yeah. It's just great. Yeah. I think he's put... Have you heard... Have you, have you, you might have. Have you heard about the Santa Cruz Ukulele Club? Yeah, I have. Have you come down for that at all? I... I have not, no, yeah. but I... He, I he, played, he, plays, he played there before when he's come, he showed up and played the opening set. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's have you seen him? No, I never have. Check him out. I, I, I need to next be time because he's 100. He's getting old, yeah. 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 Well, just, he is old. He's yeah. entertaining, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about your shows. Um, so we're both going to be in Grass Valley in a couple of weeks. Um, so you're playing on KVMR in the morning. I'm playing in the afternoon, and then I'm opening for you at... Um, Kevin's house, the acoustic barn. Yeah. So what's a live Rick and Irene show like? She gets really angry most of the time. <laughs> we spar a lot. Mm-hmm. She hits me with the ukulele a lot. It's embarrassing. It's a great show. Great. Because she's small, but she packs a punch. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, well, because she doesn't talk much, you have to make up for it, right? It's, That's it's, it's like WWF. Exactly. It's like the out. WWF wrestle. You know? <laughs> I'm at the tag team, so you can come in and wrestle. It's a typical folk house concert. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, you know, we, we all our songs pretty much have, well, I guess songs with stories. They have stories behind them. So, you know. It's going to be a fun night. Yeah. We would like yeah. to tell where the songs come from mm-hmm. and, and what they meant to us. And, you know, it's it's going to be like kind of what you read earlier. It's, you know, we've we've got dual ukulele tunes, uh, a kind of an Appalachian tune on ukulele. She plays a, a Spanish from a instrument from the Canary Islands called the Timplay mm-hmm. that we do something with that um, lap slide stuff um, we do some acapella stuff um, do some bluegrass stuff and it's it's all these different types of music but there's a thread that runs through them you right. know and there's some slow and then there's some just crazy crazy ass fast stuff too you know mm-hmm. that's just you know Fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. So for people who can't make it to Grass Valley on or, or Newcastle on the 23rd, how can they find you? How can they listen to you? And how can they contact you? Go to MySpace, mm-hmm. myspace.com slash Rick Irene, and okay. Irene is spelled A-I-R-E-E-N-E. Okay, 10 ton feather. And 10 ton feather.com. Okay. <laughs> and if you didn't get that, I'll put those links on the description for this show on my site, too. Yeah, we hope to have our, you know, I guess everybody uses MySpace, and, but our website is almost finished. Oh, good. So when that, we're using 10 ton feather as a holding place, basically, where you can good. find stuff about us. It gives a link to MySpace, but the new good. site that we have is going to be more interactive. You know I love doing these podcasts. Really, the idea was to interview musicians and artists, but really I'm just making friends and visiting with people, and I hope you enjoy sitting in on some of these conversations. That was Rick Dedia and Irina Spiritu, and again, be, they will be in Newcastle at the Acoustic Barn on February 23rd. I'll be opening. They'll be on KVMR Radio in the morning. I'll be on in the afternoon, so it's going to be a fun weekend in a couple of weeks. 
And once more, the contest, I forgot to mention that CD I'm giving out that they gave me to give to you is actually an autograph copy. It's a, The demo is called The Hanging Tree Sessions. So if you want to enter the contest, you can go to my contact page, michaelgaither.com, click on contact, give me your email address, mention Songs and Stories, episode 24, and I'll put you in the drawing for the Hanging Tree Sessions autograph CD and the DVD recorded live at the Freight and Salvage in Berkeley. And that'll do it for Songs and Stories number 24. This is probably my longest episode. I hope you enjoyed sitting in on it. If you have any comments about this podcast, you can go to my site, michaelgaither.com, leave a comment, or click on the Leave a Comment for this podcast link, or just send me an email, michael at michaelgaither.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>